0: Oh, yeah. Because I have a very good brain. Children's do learn. This is a house of learned doctors. I took a speed reading course, and not to brag, but my speed shot up to 43 pages a minute.
1: (laughs) But my comprehension plummeted. Very important.
0: Uh, I have many leather-bound books. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm pissed. Mm -hmm, I am royally pissed. I'm not going to have Pepsi with baby flavoring in it. I mean, what the hell have we become? Excuse me.
1: Hello, Randy. Randy. Mr. Rahe. Randy. 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 Are we having fun yet? Yeah. Come on, yeah. Welcome to episode 40 of the Reading Rain Bros. I am your host, Jonathan Slade, alongside my concilial, Babo. But, uh, what up? Yes, wow, forty episodes—it's insane. Sorry to the audience—we've been a little bit busy in both of our lives, but we're back, uh, and I, I can tell that you guys were really missing us because some of the stats over the last thirty plus plus days have been um, a lot of a lot of listeners, new new people coming to the bro. So that's that's keeps us going. Um, episode forty is on the book, The Afghanistan Papers by Krag Whitlock. <laughs> and uh, Babo picked this one out. So, uh, Babo, why don't you give us a little intro and maybe just kind of say, uh, you know, what interests you about this?
0: Yeah, well, when we when we read this book and finished it, Afghanistan was the number one topic of conversation as president, Joseph R Biden, pulled us out of Afghanistan once and for all, which was the right thing to do, but it was executed horribly. And it ended in the tragic death of 13 us service members. As we all saw the graphic images of people at the gates of the Kabul airport and, you know, thousands of people trying to flee the country as the Americans finally were pulling out and it was a really kind of anticlimactic end to our 20 year involvement in Afghanistan since the terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001. Um, So it's been, it's been quite a ride and this book took a comprehensive view at the war effort, if you want to call it that over the last, two decades across four different presidential administrations. The source material was from a a collection of uh, interviews called Lessons Learned Interviews, which kind of resemble the Pentagon Papers. And it really kind of uh, had some in-depth interviews of uh, people who were involved in the war, uh, generals, um, State Department officials, a bunch of different people that went on the record talking about what was going on in Afghanistan and what we could learn in the aftermath of it. And it really kind of tells the story about how our mission was totally all over the place. It was initially to go in there to get Osama bin Laden. And then it was very clear that Osama bin Laden was not in the country. And then we quickly shifted to, the nation building effort and trying to extricate the Taliban and instill a Western style democracy in a very tribal uh, Middle Eastern country that has no semblance of nationhood or any way of of being a a united nation. And we poured over a trillion dollars into this over the last 20 years and Lost thousands of American lives and all all through the four administrations from Bush to Obama to Trump and then Biden, the government officials and military leaders in charge of the war effort were constantly spinning the truth and lying to the American people about the progress we were making and um, were very uh, just not able to tell the facts of what was going on on the ground and how anything that we did seemed to make matters worse we had over a hundred thousand troops under obama that didn't work that seemed to make matters worse and everything was to make sure that afghanistan was not a safe haven for terrorists to launch attacks against the, the united states and we have left that country in the hands of a whole bunch of terrorists and the Taliban took over Kabul in the span of days when we thought it was going to take months or years. And so it's really an interesting story about how the government never tells the truth because they're always trying to cover up their own inadequacies. And this is the ultimate lesson about how The military is not a a solution to all the other countries' problems in the world. And America simply cannot solve the problems uh, of every country. And despite the fact that the war deteriorated over the last 20 years, we continued to stay involved and we were unable to pull out and no president wanted to be seen as the president that that retreated and that got out of the country. And we finally got. Osama bin Laden, I think in 2011. And then we stayed another decade after that. And what were we really accomplishing through all that? So really interesting read and a lot of uh, great tidbits about how the the war just kind of flailed from from year to year. And no one really knew what we were trying to accomplish. And the the generals kept changing. And <clears throat> there was one general who actually finally told the truth about how we were Kind of in a stalemate and weren't really accomplishing anything, and he was abruptly fired. So, you know, that's what you get for telling the truth. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, really enjoyed this, and uh, looking forward to talking about it a little bit today.
1: Yeah, that was a great synopsis. I mean, I'll kind of take it from a di- two different points of views. What I liked about it was the lessons learned were very interesting because I, I was surprised at the candid nature of some of the people. Um, Talking about, like, yeah, at this time, I, I knew, like, we was going to fail. Or, like, what what do they think they were going to accomplish uh, mm-hmm. trying to bring, like, a, like, as you said, like, a Western-style democracy to a, like, I wouldn't say backwards, but just a, like, a different culture. There's, like, thousands of different languages spoken. There's thousands of different many governments like it's all tribal leadership within certain sects of the areas. It's like, you're never going to get, there's no central government that's going to be able to control everyone. So the U S had this sort of top down approach is like, we'll instill a Western leader and then they will control the, the terrorists. And that quickly turned, turned terrible. And then, you know, America tried to deal with the, the thinking that if they can control the opioid or opium, um, that would help, quell some of the money going to terrorists and that ended up backfiring and um, on them as well. Um, I, I thought this was a good example of a, a fake expose. And the reason mm-hmm. I say fake is because if you think, you know, is the Washington Post going to expose the real like underbelly of the war effort? And of course they're not. It's like one of these things where it's like a pretending that it's like a huge revelation but essentially i think what craig got down to was like hey the war was justified it had good intentions but all it was was just we bungled it hey it happens you know you got a bunch of people that have a, a aligned mission and they do it wrong and here's 20 years of doing it wrong but overall it was okay and the people that died the money spent worth it just next time here's what we're going to do better and i feel like that was sort of the vibe was mm-hmm. that if we do another intervention as United States, like here are the things to avoid, or here's the lessons that we need to learn. Like, don't go into a country thinking that um, like, like I think they had issues like translators was an issue. Like they didn't understand some of the the cultural norms was one was one issue. Um uh, they realized that the whole economy was built on bribes and bribing people. So like American money was just funneled to like to Tribal leaders to build up their own coffers. And it was this whole thing. Oh, speaking of money, defense contractors, you want to get into that, was brought up a bunch where there was so much money that had to be spent. So they would buy equipment, it would break down, and they would just leave it. And they would order another Humvee or order another million dollars worth of radio equipment. I was just like, I felt like if the American people knew at the time that this was going on, there'd be like, even the strongest patriot would be like, I get it, the terrorists are bad, but. Like, this is all this money going here. So I think he did expose that as well. It's like, what a waste of money. I guess recently after the Afghanistan withdrawal, seeing some of social media of, you know, people posting their sons or daughters or, you know, them serving as well. And I can't help but think like, and for what? Mm -hmm. Like your son died at the prime of his life or her life. And you're like celebrating that. And then blaming Biden for it. So that's a pretty, it's tough to rationalize there. And I do agree with Bobo that yes, it was objectively the right thing to do. I guess it could have gone better, but um, certain interests are never going to think that pulling out of a country is good. So I, I felt like um, that wasn't really addressed, which kind of was was annoying, but um Overall, I think it was, a you know, to take this much material, this many interviews and make it into a really good story, it was good because it made me upset. <laughs> yeah. Like it brought out emotion. I was like, this is so annoying. Yeah. Like how do like, there's a lot of egos. There's a lot of people that, that just kept charging forward, mm-hmm. knowing that there was literally no way out. All these military generals were supposed to be well-read on the many invasions of Afghanistan. I think uh, so many countries have tried to invade it and it never works. And why did it work for us? The graveyard
0: of empires. The
1: graveyard of great book, Graveyard of empires. Like, and uh, we're an empire. And uh, did things get better? I don't know. So um, that was my take on it. I think I would just call it a a fake expose where it 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 almost got up to like exposing some real nasty people, but it kind of stopped short because of it's the Washington post. What do you think about that, Bobo?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think he did a, a decent job kind of laying out the overall story from the perspective of people that were involved in it. Um, I don't know how much I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's just like an overall cautionary tale and, you know, it it's like, after Vietnam, everyone thought like, Oh, never again. Are we going to get bogged down in an unwinnable conflict? Like we can't let this happen again and let people die for, for nothing. And lo and behold, you know, 30 years after we're in another unwinnable situation. And yeah, I think, I think it's uh, you know, I think it, I think he would, he did a pretty good job at being kind of objective and kind of just laying out the facts and, and using the, the source material to kind of speak for itself. Um, and, you know, it really kind of laid it out chronologically from the start of the effort in 2001 to pretty much present day in 2021. And I, you know, I, just it was such an interesting time and it it's just kind of talk it just kind of speaks to how even in war just like with other you know social safety net government programs once something gets started it gets pretty damn near impossible to stop it Mm -hmm. and that is the case with war as well and we were just so kind of war hungry and in like a lashing out phase in the years immediately after 9 11 and you know i I was reminded at how you know we we invaded in like october of 2001 afghanistan and then by december of 2001 the war planning effort for iraq was already underway So I think a lot of, I mean, I don't know if Afghanistan could have been saved or things could have been differently and the results could have been more achievable or whatnot. But I think Afghanistan was doomed from the start because we were already pivoting toward the debacle that was Iraq, which is even less of a justified (laughs) invasion in, in my opinion. And, you know, it, so the, the focus was really kind of lost from Afghanistan. What we were trying to accomplish there was even less unclear when we were shifting all of our military efforts into Iraq. And then, yeah, and then just the the whole, we were just funneling so much money into Afghanistan. And though the Taliban were, are not great people, we ended up siding with, you know, tribal leaders and warlords in and, and, empowering them with with money and and therefore power to run their uh, you know territory in a way that is uh, even more harsh than the Taliban had and we really kind of looked the other way because they were on our side and and but the amount of bribery and corruption was rampant throughout Afghanistan and we just, spent so much money on schools that weren't needed on nice buildings that were just, you know, built to Western standards and the Afghanis didn't even like know how to use them. And, and then, and then the, the whole training up the Afghan security forces was a joke. And we were lied to repeatedly about the progress that they were making all the while the Afghan people were just showing up because the Americans paid well and then they would leave at the the earliest sign of conflict and that was all and you know they these people were illiterate they didn't know how to do anything and we were saying that they were making progress and we had hundreds of thousands of Afghani security forces and police forces that were going to run the country and control things and keep Taliban at bay. And then right when the Taliban came in and came back and, and they just dropped their weapons and and handed over the country to the Taliban. So it's just (laughs) really, really unsettling how, how much the military can lie to the American people about that. And they just continue to get away with it. Right. That's a great
1: point. Um, it's so funny. Yeah. Cause you're right. The point about the big part of the book was about as soon as Afghanistan was like taking off Iraq, divert, like political energy, money, resources, Iraq. Yeah. Okay. So then, but we're still fighting in Afghanistan. And then the, the training of the Iraqi security force was funny because, um, what his, here's what, if I took one thing from the book, it's that no matter like if the military says one thing, guarantee the opposite's happening without a doubt, because there's so many examples. It's like such a, it's such an obnoxious trend in this book where it's like, Mm -hmm. we really think that things are going well. And, you know, pretty much in like the next six months, we're going to be up and ready to go and we'll be pulling out. And then like at that same time, it's like, they had mass desertions or like they'd show up Mm -hmm. drunk or on whatever the, the opioid of the day was in Afghanistan and be like, nothing they're telling you is actually happening. So this is a stark reminder that there's a whole like media campaign that goes on with, with, especially Americans in war that Mm -hmm. is not happening. So you have to look at that and go, uh, if the next conflict that America will inevitably get into we have to look at um one like is this this bad group actually doing the thing they're doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um is american it's like premise for getting in there sound legit um if you ever hear the words democracy <laughs> or like bringing democracy yeah that's a fancy word for bombing them into democracy <laughs> and intervention so i think there's a lot of like Words we have to kind of look at and be like, they're saying the same thing that they said last time, last time, last time, last time, last time. So it's hard. It's it's good to look out for these trends. And then if a um, you know, a military leader gets on it, you know, on NBC or c or you know Fox or CNN and starts talking about the need for American intervention. Mm-hmm we're, we're going to, we're going to be like count another 20 years before we're out of there. Yeah. So that, that's, I think he did a good job of exposing like this trend you see all the time. So mm-hmm. I think that was, that was helpful. Um, but I appreciate you picking the book because I had, I had actually not realized this had been a series of, of, um, exposes that he had done mm-hmm. like over time Yeah. that he put into this book. So, um, Before we go into the housekeeping, is there anything else you wanted to say, Bobo?
0: No, not really. I, You know, it's just interesting how the news cycle works and how Afghanistan is pretty much already forgotten. No one's talking about it. It's, you know, I I think it's interesting timing with how bad the headlines were with the pullout of Afghanistan. And then you had biden announced the the corporate vaccine mandate Mm -hmm. that was never really implemented but that all kind of stole the headlines from the afghanistan debacle and we haven't really talked about it since so i just i really hope that we've learned a lesson from this but we probably haven't (laughs) because in time when we're attacked, we get defensive and we want to lash out and the military can get away with doing things that uh, they shouldn't be able to do. And so you would, you would hope that we would get some semblance of truth. I mean, we're not going to get the whole truth from our military leaders, but at least tell us what's going on and what, our tax dollars are are actually paying for and what are we trying to accomplish and is that actually something we can accomplish so i just really hope we don't have another afghanistan and i really hope that we think twice about intervening in another or invading another country again but i'm not gonna hold my breath
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you've i mean and, uh, let's see uh, let me look at my notes what was the when did we talk about china China that was a bully episode that was a 13 episodes ago I know Mm -hmm. that that might be the next uh, um, you know place that needs democracy too so I think you kind of alluded to that um, in your supplemental pod as well but but that was kind of the crux there was like well where would we go next I mean done with Afghanistan so what's going to fill the void for America (laughs) right um, which would be scary because that's that's a totally different monster than.
0: Well, that, the big yeah. thing is what's going to happen when China invades Taiwan? Do we come to their defense or not? That's the billion dollar qu- or trillion dollar question, oh, really. I mean, definitely just trillion. Had, <laughs> just had the Chinese fly a bunch of uh, jets into Taiwan's air defense system, and uh-huh. things are getting pretty pretty crazy over there. And I don't I don't know if we have the stomach to <laughs> come to Taiwan's defense, but if we don't, then Taiwan will be lost to the communist Chinese. Is <laughs> that something we want? Is that something worth fighting for? It's something we should talk about, but we're not. So Yeah. So that's yeah. a
1: good question is like, you always know, like as uh, soon as something happens, everyone will suddenly be a Taiwan expert. <laughs> they haven't cared since, but now it's like, oh, Ty- oh we care about Taiwan. So like, Like, are they, are you suddenly being cajoled into caring about Taiwan? Because I know that day over day, you're not thinking about it. (laughs) Right. Most people aren't, you might, because you're, you've kind of, that's kind of your, you, that's your niche, but 99% of people living their lives are not concerned what's going on with Taiwan until suddenly Mm -hmm. we hear it from every angle. So I'm always worried about like what we're told is important and what's not. And at the time for Afghanistan, that was the, cause like you said, we're just attacked. We're, out, lashing out—that was the only thing. So, mm-hmm. let's be weary. I think is 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 a great thing that Bobo just said. So let mm-hmm. me uh, let me do some housekeeping. So we have a new um, city on the list of mm. the top listeners: Des Moines, Iowa. So welcome, oh. Midwest. That's great. Beautiful. Welcome, um, international, Moscow. Ooh. So <laughs> This, we're part of a Russian dis- disinformation <laughs> campaign. So
0: yes.
1: hopefully that's a label get, that gets thrown on the bros. And then Mountain View again, the, 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 the Silicon huh. Valley bros just love us. Can't get enough. Love it. But I continue every month to talk about Spotify. And we had 18 new subscribers. We had 309 new unique listeners. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was saying earlier, like, I guess you guys missed us because we were a little bit late to our normal <laughs> scheduled program. So you had to yes. listen to old episodes something like that um but i you know i'd I'd give this a 7.75 out of 10 i didn't hate it i didn't think it was the best book but i think that people that have like never looked at the war in afghanistan if they read it they'd be like pissed (laughs) i think that's a good feeling because they're like at least it evokes some emotion so 7.75 what do you think babo
0: yeah, I'll give it an eight out of 10. I think he did a good job of, of kind of being objective and laying out the facts uh, on the ground and from the people that were involved in the war and involved in the planning of it and execution of it and really kind of let them speak for itself and, and really kind of put the narrative together all in, in one place about what really happened in Afghanistan and the lessons we can learn from it. Hopefully,
1: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, so tall order, but you know we're gonna try. We'll lead the effort through the pod to make that happen. So, Bobo, thanks for joining me. This was episode yes. forty of the Reading Rainbows. I will be picking episode forty-one. So hopefully, we'll be back in a in a month. Take care, y'all.